No, we can. <laughs> we can. <laughs> we. <laughs> we can just restart, but right, right when Zach started, we don't have to restart. I guess we can go with it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah, we're we're going right now. I mean, this is all getting recorded, <laughs> but okay. Hey, TPM listeners, um, this is Michael Francis. I'm with Zach Doman and Cody Tahulki. Uh, we are going to talk about fanaticism today. But right when Zach pointed to me to start talking, we all got a text from one of our TPM uh, co-producers, Nick Schleife, that said our website domain expired. <laughs> <laughs> So, somebody needs to call on right now and get that figured out. But no worries. We'll, again, we Theologyofflamemen.com. We run a tight ship. You know, here. it's okay because Zach did just float the idea of just having a podcast. This might have been a godsend. It might have been some providence. We don't know. We're still trying to figure out a little bit of, you know, what we're doing here. Why is exactly why I just started this whole podcast laughing. But I hope you enjoyed that. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about fanaticism. Um, being a fanatic fan is how I would describe that. Uh, here with Cody, who's a big sports fan. Zach uh, likes sports, but the non-traditional ones. He's mainly a soccer fan and a disc golf fan. Uh, so we can talk about this a little bit more, especially with the Super Bowl in a week. Uh, no, sorry, in three days. Wow. Um, and then also just the whole NFL playoffs going on. Um but I'll pitch it to Cody first of why would we care about talking about fanaticism and, and why is it a good topic for us to discuss? Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for that brilliant intro, Michael. We, uh, that you, you haven't failed me. I was thinking we might get a clean opening, uh, but you did not disappoint. Mike, um, that's the worst so far. And you've set the bar high for how bad you can intro a podcast. I made it a point last time to explicitly tell everyone how bad you are at introing a podcast. And you just took the cake. You broke your own record that I at once thought was an unbreakable all right, record. All right. All right. Everyone needs to calm I think, down. I think I need a chance of throwing these one of these times. First of all. That wasn't fair. I was baited into doing a bad job. Second of all, I'm getting better-ish. It's a, it's no. a, tr- it's a right, trend right. line. I'm going to bring this into the outlier fanaticism around. just because we don't want to wallow in <laughs> Michael's uh, moral improvement or moral <laughs> victories. Um, but yeah, we, we were talking about fanaticism from the standpoint of just in... Uh, I won't even say like American culture. I just say global culture for a very long time. Like you could even go back to uh, gladiators, assuming that anything that you understand about uh, from the movie gladiator informs what people thought of sport at the time. Uh, The Olympics have been around for millennia and even just up to today. I think what we see are um, how sports can be such a unifying thing. And also at the same time, they can be something that produce a lot of chaos. Like I think of when the Vikings got trounced by the Eagles in the NFC Championship a couple years back, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl, and Philadelphia was up in riots with uh, people in the streets, cars getting flipped and on fire. Eating police horse poop. Yeah, (laughs) like you see all of these things that sports can bring out some wonderful unifying aspects and also some very violent... um, regressive acts among people as well and it just kind of got me thinking like what does um what does like the human passion for those who do care about sports what does that passion say about 
um, us as people? Does it inform anything about how we could approach our faith? And so it really just got us uh, thinking down that road. And I'm interested to see what you guys think when we think of this topic. Before we get too much farther, uh, can you be a fan of something other than sports? Absolutely. It was just the first thing okay. that came to mind just yeah. in light of it being I the, just feel like the NFL playoffs. That's the yeah, that's the normal one that everybody goes to when we talk about fanatics. But I guess that makes the most sense. It's to like the to me, fan, right? the, that persona. the other big one to me is like music artists. I, I sure, often sure. think of like what gets big people, like big groups of people together. And you have sports, fill arenas. And the next biggest thing that fills arenas is, um, you know, concerts. Um, you also, I throw, we don't need to make this a politics podcast, but I, I think it, we'd be remiss to not mention that as in the, in the same breath of fanaticism. Sure. I think that's worth mentioning as well as you, there are fanatical, um, you know, political followers as well. Yeah. And that, I think that's even good to, yeah. to hop off that, like you can be a fan really of anything as you were kind of alluding to Michael, but I think those three, they just have staying power that has been like physical feats, musical talent, and politics have been a staying power across human history for millennia now. So like you just see like, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's yeah. so many people that can get involved. So that's why you get these extreme highs and these extreme lows. But just to be clear, you can be a fan about Yeah, I, I got you. It's like even a form of entertainment. I like Zach's measure there, though. What fills a stadium? That's what, that's what draws fans to, right, in multitudes. And I think one, one thing... Going off what Cody said, uh, one thing we talked about right before we went into this was most podcasts on this we feel like is, you know, the the mom or dad figure in our life saying, you know, follow Jesus and don't be a sports fan anymore. And it's kind of like this fun sucker mentality of talking about fanaticism. And, and we what Cody said was, I think, really informative of how we're going to frame this discussion is. Instead of just saying stop watching sports, which you know maybe that is the right solution for some of you, we want to walk away from that and say let's look at how we as a society and individuals become fans of sports, and let's let that inform us how we should be a fan of of Jesus. But go ahead, Zach. Uh, well, yeah, I just you know for those of you who are kind of in the evangelical Christian world, um, it's the the John Piper "Don't Waste Your Life" take, right? I mean that that's a very much um, you know, you're, if you're spending any time on this, like you, what could have you been spending it on for the kingdom? And that's not, I, I don't think he makes the point that like all sports are bad or you can't be a fan of any of these things. Um, but that kind of branch of thinking for those of you who are familiar with that book and kind of that line of teaching he has is the idea of like things that are wasting your life. So as, as like a real, very popular example and teacher with that branch of kind of in that vein, um, just for an example. Yeah. Yeah. And to go even off that, I think, um, like I've read that book and I think it's very well read and, and brings up many good points. And this is just to attack that idea from a different angle. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So to lead off this discussion, I'll ask this question then. What makes a fan a fan? As in, what's the the things that really, you know, a fan does uh, that we can look at to inform our, our Christian walk? But go ahead, Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the thing that really sets apart, um, you know, a fan and being a fanatic, it really comes down to emotional investment. And, you know, you kind of relate that with even identity to to some degree, if not very much so, because 
uh, when you think of teams or a political party or a musician as something you can gather around, that's something that allows you to find identity with a group of people, to have something in common, to celebrate in their highs and to mourn in their lows. And I think it's just really that emotional investment because you see that from you know, teams like the Lions and Browns over the years where the fans wear paper bags over their heads because they're so ashamed. You, They feel that mm-hmm. to the yeah, yeah, yeah. other end of the spectrum, successful teams like the Patriots who can just uh, rejoice in how well they've done over the years. And it's really that emotional component for me that gets it. And I even think of like people like Kobe, like he just died this past week. You think of the fact that um, a lot of people really feel very emotionally attached to him. And that, that shows like mm-hmm. they, they were, these are fans of Kobe or fans of the Lakers, like that their emotions um, are tied to this. And that is a very real experience. Yeah. So when I, I think about this line between being a fan and being a fanatic, like I think to be a fan of something like there, there is an investment, there, there is a baseline investment. But when I think of, because the way I'm going to frame it, I'm going to say fan. Okay. That's good. There's good things there. Fanatic bad. Like those are the those are the worlds I'm going to put them in. Those are the frames I'm going to put them in. So the line where I think it crosses from fan to fanatic, I think has to do with how much the outcome of that thing, which inherently is generally, as I'm going to say, un- like you can't control it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's out of your hands. How much that influences who you are, uh, how you feel, how you act, how you talk to others, how you perceive others, right? Like I'm a Vikings fan. I like uh, there are seriously uh, i've heard stories of nfl fans who go to away stadiums and get physically harmed because the people don't like them because they're the away team like that sort of thing where what you are supporting alters how you interact with people how you um you know if you like you can't control who you are it, it in a sense it masters you um and forces you to act one way and you don't have control over who you are anymore that's where i think it swings too far and now you're a fanatic and i think that i think that's bad i don't think we should have something that masters us in that way mm-hmm. yeah so you guys both hit on the emotional idea and i think that's spot on is what happens on sunday with the vikings uh definitely used to hit me really hard you know the sunday afternoon and night i remember as a kid i used to go outside after the vikings games and throw the football around sometimes by myself which as you can imagine a homeschooled kid yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say we we call that we call that homeschooled catch yeah that's happening more often (laughs) than not straight up in the air straight back to me anyway and i would be upset and sad (laughs) um if the vikings lost and i think that's an emotional tie to it one other aspect i think that has hit me hard is the physical tie in investment. And what I mean by that is when I was a kid, I knew the Vikings skill players by name, right? The quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs. And I can name all them just fine. And maybe some of our division rivals and their players. And then at about, I don't know, 15 years old, I had my first fantasy football team. In that year, I memorized almost every skill position player in their ranking in all of the NFL. And I think that's another part of fanaticism that we don't have to talk about is I became dedicated to learning the NFL and how to win and and how to, you know, look at those players and 
and study them and memorize their stats and memorize their names and their teams and what those teams are doing and injuries and looking at all that stuff and, and trying to you know figure out the best way to win uh, through fantasy football. And I think that's another physical aspect um, that's really been brought about by the Internet age um, is more of that that on plane. Uh, but that's kind of what makes a fan a fan. Along those lines, just to bring in a little scripture here based on what Zach was talking about, um, in all of us is, is how do we start to translate, okay, we see the emotional tie-in, we see the physical tie-in to what makes a fan a fan. How does that translate to our walk with Christ? Um, and, and maybe where are the bad parts of being a fan? Zach made the fan a fanatic you know, delineation. First um, Corinthians 6 is what I'm reading, and I, I'm picking it up in verse 12, but verses 1 through 11, is, it's called the vice list. Of, of the New Testament, where Paul goes through, you know, some of you are thieves and idolaters and, and sexually immoral, and he goes through all these lists of sins, and it's a vice list, as in every human being ever fell for one of these. And he gets done with that in verse 11, and here's where it picks up in verse 12. <clears throat> Again, this is Apostle Paul writing. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things, all things are lawful for me by anything. Uh, food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do it. Um, in his point with it, with here is saying, you know, he's talking more about within Jewish cult following is like all things, all things are an example is food. He brings up in verse 13 there. Jews had very set laws about what they could and couldn't eat. And he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are permissible. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And what Paul is really saying there is nothing other than Christ, and we'll, we can look at verse 11 here in a second, but nothing other than Christ is going to take me away and master me more than, as in verse 11 it says, but you were washed and you were sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's like, that is the thing that will master me. We were dead to these vices, but we were washed and we were sanctified and we were justified by Christ. Um, and I think that starts the transition of being mastered by nothing other than Christ. But mm-hmm. Cody, bring it in here. Well, I was, I was going to ask you just based off that then is I could see how someone might hear that and they'll go, and, and I will say yes, um, to see Christ as our Lord and master. And even as he um, intended us to know him, as he said to his disciples as friend, like all of these things, but, you know, um, from one perspective, master, uh, just like we are fanatics after him i agree with that um and what i'm gonna ask is just to be clear is paul then saying that all these other things that we're tempted to serve do we just do away with them completely like is the spiritual realm of christ the only commendable thing in this life to be engaged with or do you think paul sees a healthy relationship with any of these things that used to master people I muted myself because I had to burp and I didn't unmute myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, for me, um, I am a soccer fan, as Mike alluded to. My wife and I have season tickets to Minnesota United. Um, we go to the games. We do all that. And um, I think, uh, you know, I'm biased, of course. I think there is a world where fandom um, exists and it can be helpful and even I would say fruitful. Um, I think, uh, I think there are a lot of things we can glean from the world, um, in terms of 
you know, unification, um, competitiveness in a lot of ways. Uh, when you talk about music and concerts, um, art, um, and when you kind of go into the world of politics, the, I think there is a there is a value in government. Um, so I think there are good things we can glean from fandom in these things, and I even think they can paint a picture of um, our interaction and our excitement and our fanaticism that we should have in terms of how we uh, look to God, how we feel about God um, and the gospel and those sorts of things. Um, so I, I would argue, yes, I think there is a world where that exists, right? I have this community that I can interact with um, when we go to soccer games, right? There's this thing that unifies us that connects me to them. Um, and there's inherent good in that. Um, so I, w- I would say, yes, I think there is a space for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners. I think we're, unless Michael's going to come out of left field with this one. I feel like we're all kind of in agreement that, that Paul's not saying here that, um, I mean, clearly in that list, he lists things that are blatantly sin and things that should be excluded from our lives. But I don't see Paul as saying that um, normal everyday things don't have a place in our lives and can be helpful in certain circumstances. But to Zach's point, it's about, uh, well, to both of you, really, it's about who is our master at the end of the day? Does Is Christ the Lord of our lives? Do we um, commune with him daily and derive joy from knowing him? Or are our emotions, our identity, our devotion dominated by anything other than him? Um, and again, just to emphasize that it's not about inherently getting rid of these other things as if they are inherently evil because, um, like Zach said, there can be a good place for those things. Uh, I just wanted to add on, like when we first started thinking of this one, the first, um, topic that came to mind for me or the first place in scripture I thought of is Jesus talking about, um, the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price in Matthew 13. He gives both of these as examples, um, saying like a man found a hidden field, there was a treasure there. He went and sold everything to have it or a pearl of great price. He found one of great value and sold everything to get it. And I think that's how I'm kind of thinking of this is like, I think what we can see sometimes is everyone's going to sell themselves to some degree for something. And what is that thing? And Jesus is making the case of make that thing be me because I'm not going to disappoint you. And this is what you were made for. Um, at the end of the day, but yeah, you guys have anything to add on to that? I think you're you're hitting the point. Is I I don't like, and this is kind of we're we're starting to eke onto the part of one of our old HHA videos about gray areas, um, where we say you know it's okay, but in moderation. And when I was growing up, I never liked that as a young Christian because I was like, oh, well, I need black and white rules on everything. But I think you started, you, you got at it right there, Cody, is the value of what are we valuing. And, and I think the Paul mirrors that, right, in Philippians 3 of, of, he says, more than that, I count all things to be lost in the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Like, that's the summary of what you're saying, right? And I think when we talked about what makes a fan a fan, it's emotional investment and time investment or memorization investment. So my challenge to all of us here, sitting here, Cody, Zach, and myself, is honestly, I've memorized more football players' names than Bible verses in the past four months. 
Like that's a convicting point to me. And what does that say about my emotional investment and my time investment of where I'm putting my brain? What am I letting my mind be transformed by as Romans 12 talks about? And that's what I really want to say is if, if we're mirroring, if we as Christians desire for our, us to be fanatics of God and us to be fans of Jesus, and we look at how what makes a fan a fan to a sports team, are those things the emotional investment and the time investment, the mind investment, are those things being true in us today? And we can get maybe more practical and application to close up, but that's kind of the summation of things. Is Paul says, and, and Jesus says, hey, the pearl, the treasures in heaven, the kingdom of heaven is worth more than anything. And, and uh, what's the parable? I don't know if you guys know, but um, just getting in and touching heaven is better than you know being a rich man without. I don't know if that's Luke 16. I might be getting that confused, but... Um, that that might be from the Book of Mormon too. So don't don't oh, take that duh. one with the. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was oh, that man. was maybe heretical. But the the point and that was maybe a, a poor poor choice of words right now. Um, but is is all all that we're talking about here is is what is the number one thing? What is the number one thing you're a fan of? Is it is it Christ or is it a sports thing? Um, and and the application from that is is asking how are you spending your time. Uh, any comments there? Well, I what it, I can't remember the theologian of old who I said it, but um, humans act in a way that is in line with the greatest desire of their heart um, at at the time, right? Um, and I think that's true of how we spend our time. I think we can look at the buckets of what we're putting our time into and i think you can make externally you could look at that and you could make an observation of that person on what do they value more than anything else um plainly because you could see you know where are they physically putting their time so i that's my biggest challenge to the viewer is you know if you're uh we're gonna pick on football fans a little more um because it's easy to pick on us um if you wake up every day and you're checking your I'm going to specifically I'm going to pick on fellow TPM member Brad Gustafson Brad out there listening I hope you listen to this podcast um, if you are checking your fantasy football roster every morning to see how your players are going to stack up for the next week more and, and if you come to me and I know I know Brad does that because he's big into it and if I'm talking with Brad and he tells me yeah man I didn't get in my Bible every day this week shame on you um, to the Christian, if, if you very physically, if you find yourself daily investing in a, a particular thing that let's be honest, doesn't have eternal value. Um, and, and you look at that and you see it doesn't have eternal value and you maybe very physically aren't in your word every day, shame on you, get, get in your word first and then make time for the things of, of fandom. I, I think that's my honest challenge to the listener, um, you know, to take it a little more serious, I guess. But uh, I was just going to add in on that note that um, I was kind of really thinking about Michael's uh, moving into a little more practical application now that uh, Zach talked about maybe one aspect of that. Um, I was kind of thinking about how Michael talked about memorizing sports 
players and stats and how we're all really good at that. Um, or, you know, whatever the thing is you're really interested in. I think about like kind of even to Zach's point there about knowing God's word, like how when it comes, I feel like it is very tempting for us to go to the passages of scripture that we're most comfortable with or that make us feel the best. But God wrote a whole book and, you know, my encouragement is to get to know that before we're memorizing every player in the NFL who will be out of the league on average in five years, uh, five, seven years or whatever. And knowing God's word, which is eternal, and that being a starting place for knowing him um, and gleaning truth to live out our lives. Michael, do you have any uh, maybe practical ideas or some last comments on that? I'll just say over, uh, so personal story to close, uh, through part of middle school and into my first year of high school, I was part of Bible cuisine where we would memorize a bunch of scripture and then answer questions about it in a kind of a competition format. And that led into college where people complimented me on my knowledge of scripture and like, wow, you have the brain to memorize. And while that may be true that I've been given that gift of memorization, one thing I learned in my time of, of Bible cuisine was that memorization is a muscle that is grown over time through working out. So my challenge to people would be, instead of memorizing five football players, memorize five verses this week. Why not five? That's one verse a day. That's 20 words. And put that to heart. I think it's Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden my word in your heart, Lord, that I might not sin against you. That is such a great motivation for Christians is to, to walk into that, be a fan of Christ, be a fan of his word, Memorize scripture. Why? So we might not sin against him. So we might do good and, and live in that. Um, and with that, we will wrap up today's podcast on fanaticism. Um, I hope our, our verbal processing here um, between us three guys on kind of a, we kind of took a different take at this one, which I really appreciated. I hope that verbal processing was uh, beneficial for your edification. Anyway, see you next time and uh, have a wonderful evening or day.